0: Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Excited to be here. We are joined by Joe Martin, uh, VP Marketing and Strategy over at CloudApp. Thanks for being with us, Joe. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah, man. I'm pumped to chat with you. Uh, Before the show, I was trying to get uh, to go a little deep already with Joe, so already had some amazing conversations, so excited to share with you all. Now, Joe, one of the things I'm curious about before we even dive into marketing in general is what was it like going from Adobe to CloudApp? And like that, like was that a cultural shock at all? Like, what was that kind of change like? You know, going yeah, from I that, like, yeah.
1: I still have some PTSD for it for sure. Um, so uh, the funny thing is too is I, I opened a Utah office and I could see the Adobe office um, from my my office uh, in the new office. So I had like a constant reminder of of what I left. Um, yeah. Adobe was really great, and I, I really love it, and I'm, I'm a such a huge fan of working there and the, the brand. Uh, but you know, it was a good opportunity, and I guess the the best example I have that I always go to with people is day one, uh, I was talking with a CEO at CloudApp. Yeah. And I said, hey, I don't really like our, our headline on the website, I think it could be a little bit better. It's a little too broad. And he's like, okay, what do you think? And I said, oh, let, you know, maybe we could test these three headlines and kind of see how it goes. He's like, okay, done. And, it, and, it, and, I'm like, and I was like, whoa, this is, like, first of all, Adobe, like, stay in your lane, bro. You know, you're not even on the website team. And... Even if I was, it would take you know six months to convince the CMO and brand teams and ten other directors that we should change the headline. So that was that was kind of a pretty cool like aha yeah. explosion.
0: I <laughs> love that. No, I love that because I'm doing like, the same thing. My marketing slack is only like approved, and like it's so funny that in this world like that that isn't normal. You know what I mean? Like at mm-hmm. other stages. Yeah. But so I wanted to take some time today to talk about data and content marketing. Um I well you know it's that Adobe probably they did the visible acquisition, things like that. I've explored a lot of tools. Are you already popping sour candy? Oh yeah, ma'am. You're insane. Yeah. All, right. All right, let me get into this. So I love it. You're the first person who just proactively did it. <laughs> so how do you think about like I just also started getting into programmatic for the first time ever because I found a software That lets me do true incrementality. And I have this belief that certain investments like content that I believe are brand-centric or top-of-funnel advertising brand-centric need to be measured not in this last-click or first-click world that we're obsessed with, but in something that's multi-touch. So for everyone listening and tuning in today, how do you think about understanding and measuring the value of content so you can push quarterly budgets, so you can keep growing investment there when we all end up losing dollars I feel like to SDRs or advertising so how are you getting more dollars for content using data
1: yeah so um, we aren't sophisticated as a uh, like multi-touch attribution at the moment with cloud app um, we go off a of last touch and then we do also have like anonymous tracking so we can get first touch attribution as well to kind of uh, see if you know social had a hand in that And eventually, you know, when I have some more analyst power, I would build a multi-touch attribution model. Um, Mm. A lot of it is in the initial phases. Um, We just had so much kind of work to do initially that it was, let's just get moving. Um, And I I doubled down initially on these SEO pages that were converting very well. And so I wanted to get those, more of those out um, that were similar, and just different keywords that we're focused on knowing that it takes some seasoning. Uh, And then the blog has been great for like raising domain authority. Um, We get a lot of, we have great content on the blog and so a lot of people will republish that on their sites and we get those link backs to ours. Um, And then as far as like analyzing how valuable that is, um, we look at conversion rates. So I'm looking at, Uh, How many signups come from certain channels? Um, And then also what of those signups lead to paid users? So we kind of know which ones are actually leading to a loyal long-term customer versus ones that are just leading to someone who downloads the app but doesn't actually end up using it.
0: I love that, Joe. And now one of the things I... So I have this kind of belief of meeting people where they're at. Right, And one of the obvious issues of last click attribution, if you're using the measuring stick as product signups or demos, is that oftentimes the where they're at in the journey versus what you're offering don't match in a last click model. Do you have something that you're like a gateway conversion? Like for us, we have a Slack group that's actually really active with like demand gen marketers that we kind of treat as that like something to meet them there. Are you using gated assets Are you gotten away from gate assets? Are you trying to use community? Are you pushing straight to product? Like how are, because if you use last click and it's all like purchase intent, like timing, obviously it's tough to then say, hey, board or CFO, I want to increase. I want to go from having three riders. I want 10 riders. This is the future. Like, how are you finding that like gate, that connection between like the value of it now versus what you know it really means to the business?
1: Well, I think kind of in the, being in the growth phase, uh, we're very focused and, and we'll be in the growth phase for a very long time, but <laughs> yeah. um, we're very focused on that top of funnel signup. Um, yeah. and I was actually talking with, uh, someone the other day who's, you know, an executive at a, a unicorn company and he said, you know, he's 10 years into this and he's like that top of funnel signup number still keeps me up at night, like it never dies. You always need to focus on, in a freemium business, you always have to have healthy top of funnel signups um, and optimizing those so that they have higher activation rates, uh, good onboarding, they get to the, the value quicker. Yep. And then secondarily, since I have a very small team and not not a, can't diversify too much, Yeah. Um, We have this bottom of funnel demand gen, uh, just various forms on the site. So we have a demo path, there's a enterprise get a quote path. Um, We have various solution pages where you can fill out a form and talk with someone. Um, There's click to call options, you know, if people wanna just click and use their computer to call and talk to someone. and then we've lightly used drift as well to kind of engage people. Uh, but those are, that's kind of just um, something to keep the pipe healthy and, and keep engaged with the sales team. Yep. yep. Uh, and we'll be much more of a focus in, in the future. And then actually, something we recently did is I kind of came in, and one of the first things I did was I wrote a whole bunch of ebooks. Okay. Um, because that's traditional B2B, right? You gate yep. ebooks and people download it and you have a lead. Yep. Um and I recently ungated all of oh, the chapters okay. of the ebooks. Okay. So we get the SEO value of the content versus it being a PDF. Yep. But then people can download it all together and with the graphics and make it look
0: pretty. It's have you seen Clearbit do that on their yeah, uh, yeah.
1: sales book? We're actually cloud apps. Actually, chapter one of uh, data-driven marketing. Clearbit, Clearbit, yeah, yeah, invo-
0: yeah, that same. It's a. I love that layout. Layout. I use it all the time as an example. So yeah. you said a small team. So I want to dive into that. let Can we define small? So how many people do you have, kind on this content side?
1: So I have uh, two direct people on my team, um, some contractors, and then some copywriters, uh, and gotcha. then a few interns.
0: Totally. No. So it's totally small team. It's everybody has different definitions. So within that like kind of two person team, I have something similar. I have one person, but what I've struggled with is I know I got to do this transactional content. I think a lot of people tuning in are going to have the same thing, right? I know I need to do this blog content that is engaging, ongoing, and kind of can start to hopefully build some type of community and consistency, right? So I have this side there. And then I also have these like core pieces, like these quarterly data reports, this really in-depth stuff I wanna do that I could even turn into print, mail to CMOs, get really like strategic with and maybe a little more direct response and more brand driven. Then I also then have the SEO side of it, like ranking my service pages or in your case, Uh your solution feature or product pages. When you have all those resources or the lack thereof, and frankly, you could have a hundred people on each, it feels like these days, (laughs) <laughs> like how like competitive and difficult it is. How do you prioritize? How do you decide? Like what's that framework of decision-making you're using as the VP to say, this is what we're not going to do, even though it's a good idea. And we know we should, but we're not going to do it. And here's what we are going to do. Like how do you decide that, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah. Um, I think we've we've done a lot of things uh, and for the first probably 90 days, it was me figuring that out because there are you know 10 million directions we could go. And it's easy when you're seed funded to run out of money quickly if you're not smart with acquisition spend and, and other things. And so I just kept going back to um, what seemed to be working and what I knew would get us, like I call them foundational pillars in our board meetings. So it's these seo these backlinks i do guest posting a lot just from the network i've created uh, for lots of different you know fortune 500 companies and that links back to cloud app um and what is most efficient use of my time and we were talking earlier about how this is probably one of the most efficient things you can do as a company is this this 20 30 minute live stream turns into a 30 minute podcast episode which turns into a blog post and then, after you know you've got ten episodes now, so now you can do an ebook with the ten episodes and it says ten SAS leaders talk about marketing tips or whatever um, and that becomes a demand gen piece so it's it's finding these efficient uses of time um, along the way of having these you know Black Friday campaigns and uh, you know, skip. We've done like skip, skip a meeting today and send a cloud app video instead. Campaigns and all these just random things where we engage our community because uh, we have you know fairly large email email base. Um, yeah. Over f- or over four million users have kind of tried out cloud app, wow. uh, so we're able to engage with them and do various things with with content.
0: Yeah, what I love, Joe, and this is going to be interesting because I don't have the size of scale, but. At smaller sides, because I, you know, I, I have this more high average order value, you know, white glove type business. And within that, though, what I found is when I do my LTD CAC modeling, because I love finance and I love modeling, and we do this with our clients as well, the most leverage is in the activation stage, not the acquisition, which I found so interesting as like an SEO and PPC guy myself, is that like I you have so much more control. At this activation level, like I can't make, I can't decrease CPCs in Google. I can't Mm -hmm. change the CPL conversation ads on LinkedIn. Like no, and I can't get past exit conversion rate. Like there's just like some real finite things that really limit your customer acquisition cost. And then organic is this thing where you still got to get into like the top five or top three to get that real marginal return. And so what I'm curious about for you is with your demos, with your signups and everything else you're doing from your content, what are you finding is the best way to get someone from that moment of signup to an SDR or to an AE or however you guys' flow works? Like, what are you guys doing to activate? Because I think one of the biggest problems with people is they have this content. It could do well for them. They add an inline CTA, they add a pop-up, but it doesn't change their pipeline because there's no purchase intent oftentimes, right? They're still in this like, problem exposure solution identification stage, not like purchase intent. So how are you activating people so you can keep spending more to grow the top? How are you making sure you're activating them still at the same time?
1: I, th- I think that's, you know, sits a lot with our product and growth team, uh, which do a great job of analyzing uh, those, those moments where we know if someone completes this event, then they're, you know, 50, 100% time 100% higher, more likely to use the product more, become a weekly active user, um, that type of thing. And so that team is always running you know, growth campaigns, uh, doing a lot of testing within product. Um, there's a time for imitation and there's there's a time for innovation. So we're also just, there's a lot of companies we admire that we're always kind of seeing what their path is. and talking with people and seeing if that path would work for us and, you know, throwing that into a test. And, um, that's the one thing too, with, with imitation is you could be like, Oh, this company does this coolest thing ever. And you have no insight if into if it actually works for them. Um, so <laughs> you gotta, yeah. you gotta be, you gotta know like, Hey, you know, X company that is, does really well and has a great brand. Well, maybe this path doesn't isn't great. Like we have no idea. So you gotta test it and see how it works for your audience and you know, make that improvement. We going for number
0: yeah. two here. Oh yeah, let's do it, man. Let's do it. Okay. You, you, you like like the sour candy. I love it. Like I <laughs> I'm normally like forcing this on people. You're like, hey bro, it's supposed to be a sour <laughs> <salad>. like, <laughs> <should> be <laughs> Oh
1: I'm gonna tear my tongue up. I'm not gonna oh, be able to yeah. taste anything.
0: I put it in the side of my mouth. It recovers like tomorrow at like 8 a.m. will be <laughs> all right. Um, I become obsessed on accident with this thing I found unworkable. And I want to get your take on it. So okay. I was doing a SaaS marketing makeover, it's not a live show. We like spin a wheel. I genuinely don't know who is on the freaking wheel. They put the the production team puts it up, they spin it, it lands on workable. First, there's like no resources in the menu. So the OG like SEO in me is like, how the hell are you not going to link from your menu? This must not rank. By the way, Grammarly and all these other companies, people are not linking content in the menus anymore. And it's not affecting their organic. Side mm-hmm. note, in my mind, because that was never like best practices, but Workable yeah. took this idea I had and made it 10 times better. So I believe in glossaries and like a really isolated thing because for scale... Like when we've done this with large accounts and even small accounts, anybody, myself included, you can create massive amounts of scale without diluting quality because there's no opinion. It's all research. You're literally defining what this is. Now, they did that with HR terms, but they also took the moment of problem and value and mapped them to content and to product in an insane way. So they built this thing called an HR Toolkit, right? Their ideal customer, zero to 200 employee HR manager. Yep. And they built all these templates for job descriptions. So the moment HR manager gets from the director of SEO, they need a new AS, an account strategist. They have an account strategist. like They have every type of job description, like hundreds. It's so repeatable, right? So they have this thematic thing they're capturing with organic. Then they have interview questions. So they're taking every piece of this and putting in an HR toolkit at massive scale, all internally linked, all with right beautiful breadcrumbs, kernel structure, subfolders mm-hmm. and then once you finally get to the job description they have a one-click post where you could post it to workable like product signups content moment of intent mm-hmm. Brilliant. Yeah. now what i'm curious about is like for cloud app and other people how are you trying to take this idea of like transactional usable like how do I explain this? Like we all in the SEO community in this content world went down this path where it was like 17 reasons why you need to do videos instead of meetings. Nine <laughs> reasons I'm talking about like that. And then here's why the MQL is dead, but that's not really, like that's what I do, right? still not as good as this. Like this is brilliant because someone has a use case, the problem they're trying to solve, they need a job description to uh, do their job. Yep. And their job happens to be empowered by Workable's ATS software. So in your mind, like, how can cloud app? How can other people move away from thought leadership and like nine reason why and listicles to this like functional content where it like solves the problem your product solves and matches? Like, how can we do that better? So I I
1: think there's a couple of uh, things that we consider. First of all, cloud app. You know, every time you create a screenshot, GIF, or video, you get a share link. um, Which, if you're on a free account, it links back to our site so yeah. okay. um you know we have we have that kind of ability to just grow links very aggressively um and, and mo- there's kind of a split like if you look at kind of the drop boxes the boxes us you know some of our competitors there's a split between if they do this or not um, prezi does it Prezi has a, the ability to have actual rich content. PowerPoint presentations, cloud yeah. App. So, cloud app. app is mostly just like an image with no copies, so it's it's not a super valuable link. Um, mm-hmm. but a site like Prezi where there's presentations and content and other things can get that value and just grow really rapidly. So, I think there's a there's a combination of do you have a publicly avail- available link like Prezi or Pinterest does this as well, or Dropbox or us? Or are you more the workable route where you build a tool mm-hmm. uh, and that tool is your SEO? And, yep. you know, it could be like what you said, like an HR toolkit, or there's like, I don't know, like a mortgage calculator or, yep whatever people are searching for a lot, like us, we could probably create like a GIF compressor or something like that. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think that is definitely a growing piece of the SEO toolkit Yeah, um, where it's like creating an actual valuable product versus necessarily the thought leadership that has banners and pop-ups and internal linking and all kinds of other stuff um as far as if it replaces or if it just becomes a new supplement i'm not sure but uh yeah, there are no
0: separate ideas right it. like you have this side your strategy and then this side i just started getting obsessed with this because <laughs> a couple of reasons there's one because i think it will i just i looked at it, i mean when I did the audit i was blown away at how well it does organically and then how repeatable it is because there's no like you can outsource this to anyone without diluting quality which is the hardest part of scaling content is like the diminishing marginal return of quality as you do more. So it's like, yeah, we're ranking, but then we're not scaling conversions because people aren't more likely to hire us after they read it than before. Right. But it goes to something else. I want to, I want to hear that your take on this is like, you guys have this product to me. That's like a perfect fit for a Google Chrome extension where mm-hmm. net new users, a different channel than organic is built in. Um, have you started thinking about like extensions instead of eBooks making an Amazon book? This is what Dave Gerhardt and like other guys are loving to do is they're baking in their content strategy to create net new acquisition channels. Like how do you use Amazon search? One of the largest search engines in the world to drive B2B SaaS, right? How do you use YouTube to drive B2B SaaS if you're not a visually, you know, like, do you get what I'm saying? Like, are you thinking about like, intrinsic like distribution discovery channels that are a part of content?
1: Yeah, so um, after those 90 days that I mentioned, uh, I okay. decided I was gonna go hard after uh, YouTube and Google, the two, wow. two, I mean, people call YouTube a search engine, debatable, right? Uh, but it is a l- largely searchable platform. Um, and it's visual, so it fits in with our brand. So, yeah. Uh, for the most part, all of our blog posts have what I call a 60 second vlog about the blog. Um, it's where we use Cloud App to record okay. someone on my team with one take because I'm also trying to eliminate the stigma of video. Okay. Um, lots of what ums and buzz.
0: I can't let that go. What's the stigma of video in your
1: mind? I'm actually <laughs> uh, cool. Well, I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily use cloud app or a competing product to record themselves talking to a presentation or a contract or whatever it might be because they're afraid of ums and ahs and needing to do 10 takes before they send the link to an executive or whatever it might be. Uh, So my team has lots of ums and ahs, lots of like random people walking behind them, No, just one take.
0: So you're essentially, I love that. I wanted to stop here because that's brilliant. Because what you're saying is there's, I use the word psychological friction. Yep. I think it's the same thing you're saying, stigma. There's a oh, psychological, yeah. like I love video. Like This is me and my natural, like this is what I love to do. So yeah. I don't have that. But I realize also nobody on my team, I have a whole company of like 50 people. They don't want to do this, right?
1: Like. <laughs> yeah,
0: So there's a psychological friction with seeing yourself on camera and talking and you're saying, one of the reasons why cloud app isn't bigger than it is, has nothing to do with cloud app, but instead how people want to accomplish what cloud app does and if they feel comfortable using it. And so you're taking your team and making them normal people who are not professional video yep. guys or gals. Exactly. Yeah. And you're showing them like, no dude or do that. like this is dope. Like this is this is a better way of explaining value yeah. That's so cool.
1: I love that idea. Yeah, and we, we use it in all of our you know product releases and everything like that. So it it brings up you know lots of this was not a video that took a month to create, and we didn't use an agency, and it didn't cost us you know twenty thousand dollars. It was something that we created you know a week before and made sure it was okay, and maybe did one retake if it was you know a professional video or. or more distribution, but um, all the blog and other stuff—it's all yeah. very authentic and uh, tries to just display the value without. You know, you don't need a perfect video.
0: I love that. Wistia has done a great job of that uh, as well in their content. I was always really impressed with how they went about that. Now, I'm obviously like a SaaS marketing nerd. I like look at every brand I feel like in the world and like study it so, yeah. but one of my questions that for you is you're obviously really, really sharp at communicating your brand's value in your content strategy. And you're measuring it all. And I can see that obviously you don't have multi-touch. So there's still some gaps that you're developing to get to where you can fund it. And I think push it more. Yep. But one of the current areas you do have access to, right? Based on just, I'm guessing here, but is like Google ads and Google analytics. So what are you doing for like sequential retargeting and building audience pools off of this content strategy? Have you started to group URL groupings and things like that to start to empower paid social and these other channels? Or kind of what's your take on integrating paid media with content, whether it's syndication, programmatic, you know, retargeting, list building, kind of what's your take on that?
1: So yeah, I mean, we, we have a big opportunity there. We, we have not put a big focus on paid acquisition. Uh, we've mostly gone all in on organic um so you won't see a lot of google ads about cloud app um you know we've certainly tested some things with some retargeting and and some basic paid search but for the most part we've grown organically uh probably like 95 percent organic oh wow Um, so we're we're still digging into that well there's still a lot that we can accomplish from that um And it, you know, extends our runway and and gives us the ability to spend more on engineers or product people or, uh, you know, things that can make the product better. And and to hopefully create, you know, a loyal customer that stays with us and wants to refer, you know, 10 people.
0: You just Um, got my brain so excited too because (laughs) your blended pack would be so good on the paid side. You could run paid right now and they wouldn't even have to be financially efficient and you would still be able to cover them because you're
1: And and there is a big opportunity there. Like I understand that, you know, if we did raise money again um, yeah. sometime, then paid would be a big focus of that, uh, yeah. because I think we can scale quicker. Um, SEO takes a little bit more time, but yeah, I think it. it let's hypothetically say we were doing paid. Uh, a lot of it is the retargeting. We do a yeah. lot of blog posts that are very. Um, focused around the themes that we win in, whether it's persona based or like high level remote work or, you know, what, uh, uh, customer experience or productivity. Yeah. Um, so those, those content pieces, people may not engage with us when they come in for the blog, but we could create, you know, lookalike campaigns and make sure that they're retargeted, uh, with a google banner and then maybe on linkedin or facebook they'd be retargeted with a webinar or an ebook uh, basically kind of bringing people down a journey um you know first retargeted ad is just a banner second one is an ebook third one is a webinar uh you know kind of various various uh targeting
0: options i love that yeah i mean one of the things too i love you talking about this is like i started getting really obsessive around this idea that or a SaaS account, right? So if you, so I've run like growth, I guess at directive. And so I have like a director of sales development. She's amazing we have all these teams are doing all these things, but if you, and so when I'm learning that, and I love to learn more about sales systems and processes. And so I was really reading this book called winning by design. And what's interesting about SaaS is in the sales model, it's about landing with as little amount of friction as possible, then have pricing economics that allow for expansion to create gross margin. Additional capital and cash flow. And what I thought was so ironic is in the demand gen space, we don't ever talk about how we can use digital and content to expand accounts versus acquire them. So, what's your take on this idea that I have of like taking a mix panel, heap, pendo, things like that, product analytics, creating a bi directional sync with like a segment going to a data warehouse and then driving ads based on app engagement, right? So, you know how you have app engagement that's triggering like your CS team to reach out, but it's not triggering an ad. So we talk about all this ABM, but nobody's using ABM post sale. They're using it in the funnels. Like advanced people are using it like from disco to demo to SOW to negotiation, but they stop there. What's your take on using advertising, like in a model like yours, right? Where you've been organically grown. There's a, you must have a lower CAC. You guys don't want to overspend there. You're focusing on engineering product-led growth, which is great. What's your take on, like my concept, would it fit for someone like you of trying to build a data warehouse that could run ads to people to get them to expand with cloud App? I,
1: I think it could. Um, and that I could see that being a really valuable, like programmatic way. Um, yeah, yeah, which can certainly scale. Um, and I think for us in the stage that we're in right now, it's, a. Uh, PQL focus, so product qualified lead that we've yep. started building out. So people that have a certain title, work at a certain size company, have engaged with certain events, um, they, you know, get flagged and approached by our sales team. Or, you know, and using enriched data to understand who someone is that signed up and funneling up, you know, people that are at the adobe.com they're going to get the email from our sales team versus someone who maybe is at gmail.com.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, a big piece of that is just understanding who converts with us, um, what personas and, and what people we should engage with. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the other piece too, that, that is valuable at our size is uh, not programmatic, but relationship based. So, one of the first things I did with us was expanding our guest posting profile and spidered into our largest customers and said, hey, I know you're using us for customer support. I'd love to talk to your CMO about doing a content collaboration. And now, you know, after everybody needs content, right? We're all in the same game here. So when they see, you know, that, we, can, we want to exchange a really valuable guest post with them and they can post it on our site, we can post on theirs. Now I have their CMO as, or head of content or whatever, as this ally. And I, love that. I can go into that well, you know, quarterly and it helps everybody. And we've spidered into this organization. So it's not just customer support team or sales team of 50 is using cloud app. It's sales team of 50 is using cloud app and we're engaging with their marketing team. Uh, and I'm hosting their chief experience officer on the podcast and, you know, lots of different spiders in to various organizations that has provided a lot of value.
0: I love that Joe. So you're saying like, if you were a performance marketing shop who worked with SaaS companies and you could get the VP of like cloud app or something like that on your show, that might be a good strategy.
1: Yeah, I, I think, uh, and podcasts too, like it's obviously kind of uh, still peaking, yeah. um, but people are pretty, if you find the right person, they're very willing to not only be a guest or find you someone who will be a guest, but it's a, it's a compliment, right? Yeah. So like you're reaching out to someone probably cold or through somebody else. Yep. And everybody at... I shouldn't say everybody, but especially in marketing, maybe want to do this type of thing or are willing to be media in front of media or in a forward-facing role. Yeah. So they're flattered that you would invite them to be on your podcast, even if your podcast is new and doesn't have a ton of viewership. You know, it's 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 the, I know
0: about the, that. the yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> and, And so that, you know, I think that provides a real value that uh, they basically every guest I've had on the podcast um, was either already a customer or someone in their company was a customer and they didn't know who we were and was like, hey, this is really cool. We should use this Um, or, you know, it gave us just that direct exposure of like, hey, you guys are doing some cool stuff and, you know, not right right now, but let's talk in the future
0: type thing. I love that, Joe. That's such a cool way to expand. Well, thank you for being on the show. This has been amazing. Uh, I had it so much fun. I could literally do this all day. Um, but I want to be respectful of our 30-minute show. So with that in mind, Joe, uh, how can people get a hold of you? How can people get in contact with you uh, if they want to maybe join your team, use your product, et cetera? Here, I'm
1: going to pop this toxic waste one first.
0: <laughs> You're crazy. <laughs> There you just want to eat the sour candy. I'm realizing now. <laughs>
1: I, I, tr- I tricked my son, my eight-year-old son, into having one yesterday. I was like, hey, buddy, try this candy. And he's like, what did you just give to me? This is poison. He's like, you got to fight through it. It's about to be so
0: good. <laughs> I remember like, in Little League, you know, you go to, like, the snack station, they have all the sour candy or, like, the, the – uh, the ice cream truck goes by with the fart bombs and everything. I mean, I you don't, I don't see it anymore like that. But that was so much fun back then.
1: Totally. <laughs> um, connect me on Twitter at Jody Marty, cool. uh, LinkedIn for sure. Okay. And uh, CloudUp is free to start. Pretty aggressive free offering. So go to getcloudup.com and download it for free and
0: and give it a try. I love it. Well, hey Joe, thank you so much for being on the show. You are the sour king. Uh, So thank you so much for joining me and uh, talk soon. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks.